You're listening to episode three in our ADU miniseries. In this episode, Stacy and I sit down with Troy, who's a lender here in Denver that specializes in ADU financing. So enjoy the show and also make sure you check out the website for all the resources and all the other shows as well. Enjoy. Listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Welcome back to the episode in our ADU series. Today, we're going to be talking about financing in the ADU space. As we mentioned in the first episode, it's a nuanced topic. So we do have an expert here today to jump into all the details, and he specializes in ADU financing. My co-host is Stacy Rosansky. Stacy. How are you today? I'm doing good, Chris. Excited to talk about the financing side. I know. Well, you're our in-house ADU specialist, so we're going to jump into some great questions here with our guest, Troy Williams from North Point Bank. And if people have listened to the ADU series we published like three years ago, you were actually one of them, Troy. So glad to have you back. Oh, it's great to be back. Yeah. And I'm interested in the updates on here. Before we jump into everything, I want to ask, how did you get into the ADU financing space? Because that is a very niche industry. Absolutely. I ask myself that question all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm relatively new to the loan space. Um, I've had a background in software sales. I did that for 25 years. And I mean, it was fun. Um, You know, Denver's a great market to do that in. Um, But it wasn't very fulfilling. So like when you close a software deal, not not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to find something that I could sell that uh, really changed lives. And, uh, and I found that in, you know, just doing regular financing and, you know, it, cause really when you help someone close a house and you get into it, whether it be a first time home buyer or if it's a, uh, a multiple home buyer, it, it really can make a difference. Um, but what I soon found is obviously this market here in Denver is, is challenging. <laughs> um, there simply just isn't enough houses and let's face it, there are about 10,000, maybe 20,000 loan officers out there. And so I really wanted to kind of find something that that worked for me that I could get excited about, that I could be passionate about, that really made a difference in people's lives. Just about that same time, um, my mother's husband passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, I live over by Cherokee Creek Reservoir. She lives over by Chatfield Reservoir. So she was in a big house all by herself. And you know, every time I needed something, every time or I, that she needed something, or if I was worried about her, um, that's a 40-minute drive for me. Yep. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Um, she's not ready to, you know, to go into a home. She's not ready to, you know, get, um, any, um, you know, anyone living in her house at that point. Um, but I just can't have her that far away from me because really that, uh, it was nerve wracking for me. And, um, and I know when she needed me, she needed me right away. So I was, I was, what's the solution. And so I actually had a, a, a customer came to me and say, Hey, um, here's these things called ADUs. I'm like, ah, that's perfect. I'd love to put that in my backyard, have my mom there. Um, now, unfortunately, where I live, they don't allow them. <laughs> um, but because of that, it forced me to do the research, find out, man, and, uh, there are so many people in that same circumstances where you got an elderly mom, you have a, um, a grandparent or just any relative that really um, not ready to, to move into an assisted living, but they need something close by. And, and so that's why I started looking at it. Okay. And so that just led you into the whole ADU space then and yeah. your your business, your mortgage business yeah. evolved over there. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I'm really passionate about it. When I first started doing this, I thought, man, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to be, I'm going to sell the land. I'm going to buy the houses. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do the construction. I'm going to uh, go paint the walls. I mean, I'm serious. I want to do every aspect of it. And because of that, I really was just a sponge looking for as much information as I could. 
first thing I figured out is there's no way in the world one person can do that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just too much. And so what I figured, let me stay in my lane. Let me um, focus on what I know I could do best. But um, based on my background in, in the past, hey, how can I be a connector? Because that's the one thing I found or, um, amongst many things is that it really takes a, a big group of people to get these things done. It's not just one person. It um, It's your realtor. It's the builder. It's your finance. It's your zoning person. Because, like I said, it is so um, so detailed as far as what you need to do, and every city is a little bit different. And so uh, my role now is, obviously, I'd love to provide financing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not all the time I can. Um, and sometimes I, there are better options out there than me. Uh, but what I also take pride in is I'm a great resource. Um, if you go to my website, um, I, I work for a bank, but my website's called Finance My ADU. Um, go on it. It's a great resource. I've got some good case studies as far as here's some people that have gone through the ADU process. Here are kind of their thoughts and what motivated them. I've got a, a great list of builders that you can access that you can maybe start talking to. And I also have a zoning page where you can go into the different cities and kind of look up, hey, what's the zoning in the city I'm looking at? Because it's not in all cities. The list is growing. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I probably need to update it right now. <laughs> Dude, this is this is a great resource. Yeah. And you touched on it a little bit. So and all the people that are coming to you and, and looking to finance, you know, or build an ADU, kind of what's what's your typical borrower profile looking like? Sure. And and I, I see probably three very distinct uh, customer profiles. Probably the biggest one would be someone who hey, hey, have been in my home for a while and I need a place for mom, my mom. All right. Where I want her close. I want it there. But then I also, you know, want to look down the road because she's not going to be down there, um, uh, you know, forever. So I'm looking for um, something where, hey, I don't have to leave my house that um, that I can build because I love my neighborhood. I can have a brand new unit. It could be on top of a garage. It could be on the ground. Um, so it's very accessible. And then maybe uh, down the road, then I could move into it um, sure. because then um because I don't need a big house at that particular point. Maybe my kids have gone or whatever the case would be. So I see a lot of customers look, looking for that. Um, I, I, probably the most calls I get is obviously for the investors. You know, someone says, hey, man, I really want, this is a hot market. And, uh, and you know, how do I get involved in it? And, um, you know, I hear a lot about the Airbnb. Uh, because, I mean, there's a lot of money in Airbnb. Oh, yeah. Car is a top market <laughs> and there's strong, strong cash flow there. Yeah. And it's really it's year round. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not just ski season. It's not just summer concert season. It is. And I, I've got some stories of, I mean, it's year round, um, you know, getting people to rent out and pay top dollar for it. Yeah. Um, so they're looking to do that. And they're but they um, they want to stick their toe in the water. They want to say, hey, I, I'm comfortable with the investment I've made in my property. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to look for a whole new house. Um, or maybe I've looked at another investment property and I didn't want to buy a condo um, out in Aurora, or I didn't want to buy a condo in the outskirts of town. I want something close that I can manage, I can keep an eye on, and um, and something that's new. Um, because, you know, that's a great thing. When you build an ADU, it's like building a brand new house. Um, right. It's under warranty. You got all brand new appliances, brand new paint, carpet, flooring. It, it's brand new. It's, it's immaculate. So... What the the question I'm most eager to ask you about is just kind of getting the nuances of financing because yep. I mean, you know, three years ago when we did our first podcast, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, I know financing has changed some, but financing ADUs has been uh, one of the difficult pieces of the puzzle among mm-hmm. a couple things when it comes to ADUs. And I know people have a hard time getting the cash to buy it, you know, mm-hmm. the appraisals. But from like your perspective, can you give us just a, a, a overview about the financing options? So let's use one of the examples. Hey, someone owns a property. 
mm-hmm. um, and they want to build an ADU there. Yep. Um, what are their options and what considerations should people consider as they look at the financing side? Sure, sure. Excellent question. So, um, you know, because I work for a bank, I probably have nine or 10 different products that I can offer. Um just depending on the circumstances. So what I'll probably focus on right now is probably the, the easiest route. And the easiest route would be, let's say, a construction or um, a renovation loan. The big difference is on what the current value of your house is. Um, it all kind of starts with the, how we're able to do this loan. And we're able to do this loan because um, with, a ref, uh, with a renovation loan or construction loan, we're actually able to use the future value of the house. So they say, okay, what is it currently worth right now? And then when we add on two bedroom bath, 650 square foot, maybe we're adding on a garage, what is the future value going to be? Now, I've seen a pretty big range. Um, One depends on where the house is located right now. What is the current value right now? But um, what I can say is I've seen the house um, increase in value anywhere on the low end of $200,000. And now my my highest on our appraisal is been $390,000. Wow. From adding the ADU? From adding the ADU. Wow. Because I know, I mean, we've run into issues of just appraisal issues yes. with place properties with ADUs. And, and this is not so much on the, the building side, but just as we've, you know, have helped clients buy properties, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, appraisers a lot of times aren't familiar with ADUs or experts mm-hmm. in there. And it can be the same house, but it's going for more because there's, you know, a mm-hmm. house out back and we've had appraisal issues. So how does that come to play when, if I'm going to construction loan from you for a property, um, are you actually mm-hmm. running an appraisal? Do you have an appraiser appraiser go out and run the value? Like, how are you able to estimate the future value of it when appraisers there are having problems? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, so the very first thing that we start with is that in order to get the appraisal done to figure out what the future value, we have to come up with the budget, plans, and specs. Okay. So budget, obviously, here's what this is going to cost. The plans, um, you know, that way the appraiser can look at it and say, oh, I get it. You're going to add two bedrooms, one bath. Um, it's going to be this tall. It's going to be uh, these dimensions. And then the specs, um, that's kind of a breakdown of the quality of the materials you're going to use. So are you putting in uh, linoleum countertops? You're putting in granite countertops. Mm-hmm. So that kind of give, gives them the feel for it. Um, but like I had mentioned before, it's that community of people that it really takes to get this thing done. Um, I've developed some good relationships with um, some appraisers. Uh, that way they can coach me through it as I'm coaching my customer so I can call them up and say, hey, what do you think this is going to be? Um, and then when the appraiser gets assigned, I make sure I reach out to them and say, hey, here's what we're doing here. Do you have any experience with ADUs? Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully they say, oh, yeah, I've done 10,000 of them. Then I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> but if they haven't, um, so I just say, hey, here's prob- what <laughs> if you talk to 10, how many have experience? How many? I'm, curious. I'm well, totally curious. Like- it, it's, um, I would probably say so. It, for my bank, we have we use what we call Mercury Network. So okay. it's a net, so we don't. I can never pick a, an yeah. appraiser. So we put it out there, and uh, the ones that I have access to, let's say I have six or seven that uh, that we consistently use. I bet you probably five of them have done an ADU okay. Uh, okay. appraisal for me. So it's getting more and more out there. Yeah. So would you say that you know with these numbers of the future value, is it often that it's coming at it, the uh, appraised value is coming at um, either at or more than the construction costs? Yes, absolutely. Every absolutely. time? Yes, yeah. And um, the, the toughest part about that appraisal, so, um, you know, coming up with the cost, but it's the comps. And that's why it was so hard to get, it's kind of get that ball rolling, you yeah. know, getting that flywheel push, uh, you push on it, keep on pushing and finally gets going. We're at the point where we're able to find enough comparables uh, because when we do an appraisal, we need to have one, needs to have an ADU. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now we can do adjustments on it because like I just did one, um, the only uh, comparable we found, someone had a garage in the backyard that they converted to like a yoga studio workshop. So it had electricity, it was up to code, it had plumbing, um, but obviously it wasn't a living quarters. So we, uh, the appraiser uh, was able to make adjustments to get it up to the value uh, because it fit our criteria as age of house and size of house and so forth. Okay. Um, so... The most common way to finance aid you mm-hmm. is to use a construction loan. Yep. So you go out there, you look at the current value, you look at the future value like we talked about, get get the comps, get the appraisal report. And then what are the terms like on construction? So I, mm-hmm. I'm assuming the scenario is I own a house. Yep. I have my existing loan on there. Um, and then what's the construction loan look like on top there in terms of like term and mm-hmm. rates and all that stuff. Sure. And I know and, you're limited on what you can say, so yeah. answer what you can. Yeah. Well, so lines. probably the biggest factor on that is what we're looking at, what the total cost is. And I, and I want to make sure everyone kind of realizes this is a refinance. So whatever you have in place, and I'll, I'll talk about that more in a little bit, uh, but whatever you have in place, we're going to refinance that. Plus we're going to secure the funds needed for the project. We're going to put that in, in escrow. Um, and we're going to, and we'll, I'll give more detail on how that works and how the builder gets paid. So um, with that, um, it really kind of, like I said, it depends on where your starting point is because I've got two products. One is, uh, it's actually conventional and it's a Fannie Mae product. Okay. Um, Meaning I've got constraints as far as my loan limits. Now, um, and we already actually, the good news is we just found out last week what the new loan limit is going to be next year for Fannie Mae. So with a Fannie Mae loan in, let's say, Denver, Colorado, um, I can do a, my first mortgage. I can go up to six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and that's the twenty twenty-two rate, right? Yes, that's or, or limit. I should yeah. say. Yeah, this year in twenty twenty-one, it was five hundred forty-eight thousand. So we took a pretty big jump, mm-hmm. almost seventy-five thousand or over seventy-five thousand. Um, so if if it can all fall under that, then that's going to um, you know the the refinance plus the cost of your construction. Uh, then we'd put you into one of those. All right? Okay. Um, the next one, um, let's say if you're slightly over, then I have a, a second mortgage, so we can do a combination of first and a second. And so that would may pay off any of the difference. Now, the first, because it's a Fannie Mae uh, loan, um, it's a 30-year fixed rate. Um, rates are still, um, uh, rates are still uh, you know, low to mid threes, depending on credit and loan to value and so forth. Um, so that's a, a great product. Now with the, the that would be, a, let's say a renovation product, that, loan amount, uh, your payment starts right away. So during the construction, you know, once you close and once your payments start, you make a full boat payment on the full loan amount for that. Okay. All right. Now, if we have to add on to a second, um, that one is, it's what we call portfolio loan. So it's a, it's a little more expensive. So you're going to pay a higher rate and it's going to be an arm. So it's going to be adjustable rate. Um, most people I put in a seven, one arm, meaning it's a 30 year loan, as far as when we figure out the payment, but the rate is fixed for the first seven years. So your goal would be either A, to pay that off as quick as you can, or to um, refinance soon. Yep. And before the seven-year mark paid off, refinance into you know, yep. your primary Yep, to a jumbo. Uh, who knows what the loan limit's going to be at that point. There's no prepayment penalty. So um, you want to make extra payments. You come into, uh, uh, let's say in your sales, you get a big commission. You pay it all off once or whatever the case is. There's no uh, penalty for that. Okay, so I mean, for the second mortgage here, what's the maximum like combined combined LTV that the second will go up to? Sure. So on um, <laughs> with our second and let's say renovation loan, ninety um, percent loan to value. Okay. Awesome. And 
what's the difference if it's a primary residence versus an investment property? Well, so, um, well, it kind of depends. Okay, yeah. Okay. I know um, it always depends on yeah, this. It always depends because um, everything I'm quoting is primary residence. Okay. We have a product for renovation of um, uh, investment property. 80% is the max loan to value. Oh, wow. That's still higher than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, so you can do it. Um, rates aren't in the low threes on investment properties. <laughs> sure. <laughs> investment yeah. rates are pretty expensive. Yeah. So, um, Okay. So you said that's the most common way. Yeah. Are there any other any yeah. other tools yeah. that you use a lot? Can so, I just, yeah, if there's any other ones, because yeah, this so is the just next fascinating. One, yeah, the next one would be we have a, um, a construction loan. Um, it's got higher loan limits. Um, now, there's two flavors of that one. The very first one, go, it matches the uh, conforming loan limits. So next year it'll be, um, and actually, we're, we're honoring that right now. It's at 625. If we closed a loan December 30th, we would get that. Yep. Um, that would be a 30-year fixed. If we have to go higher, I can go upwards. I mean, technically, I could probably go up to 2.5 million. Um, but anything beyond that, where we can't have a, a conforming loan plus my second, it would be a seven-year arm. So anything, let's say over, let's say 798,000. Okay. Um, then you'd be in a seven-one arm. Same thing. Um, you know, the rate's fixed for seven years. It's 30 years amortized as far as payment goes. Um, no prepayment. You can always refi out, out of it as well. So I got I got a little um, got a little lost in there. So on the construction loan, did you say that goes that can be a thirty year term of construction loan? That's it, can't it, be it's correct, amortized right? for thirty years, three hundred sixty months. The um, construction but, loan is it, well, yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. So technically technically speaking, it's broken into two parts. Okay. So during the construction, uh, you get twelve months to build, and during that time, you're actually only paying interest only. Okay. So we don't escrow anything. You're paying your taxes. You're paying your insurance. Um, and you're paying interest only to us. And you're only paying on what's been drawn out by the builder. Okay. So during that process, the builder, they part, they complete part of the job. We go and inspect it. We go release funds. Boom. Now you start making payments on that. When um, at that 12 months or when, or sooner, if you get the CO, um, then that loan automatically. What is a CO? A certificate of occupancy. Which That's, means it's you can officially means live there. Means you can live in it. Yep. Yep. And you can pay taxes on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so once you yeah. get the CO. So once you get the CO, then that loan would flip into a 29-year mortgage. But it's the same rates, the same program. It just now, the difference is you're paying for principal interest and uh, you know uh, the taxes and insurance. And so it flips into another conventional loan? Y- yeah. Well... Um, it wouldn't call it a conventional loan. It's, it's okay. going to be a portfolio loan. Okay, that's um, where it flips into the 29-year amortization, yes. but it's on the seven-year fixed? But, correct. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. So you don't have to refinance exactly. after. You just get one loan and it converts it flips right. If you choose, that's it'll cool. flip right over. Okay. So um, I'm imagining people driving their car now, seeing the podcast and everything, a lot of numbers around right <laughs> yeah. now, some acronyms. So if you know financing, you're probably keeping up to speed. If you don't, don't worry about um, all the details of there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is why you talk to... <laughs> Talk to a guy like Troy, you call him up and he can contextualize your situation. Um, but the high level here is that there's a lot more options now than yep. there were three years ago. And just the whole finance world has improved tremendously. Mm-hmm. We are going to the details because Stace and I are just incredibly curious about it. And we know mm-hmm. other people will geek out on there. So don't get too lost on the details. That's why you mm-hmm. talk to experts like Troy if you need help. Um all right, so construction loan. What about someone using a HELOC on their property? Sure, and um, and um, HELOCs are a good product. Um, 
they uh, they can serve a good purpose. So let's say if I get inflow influx of cash, I I would probably look at using a um, a, a HELOC. They, um, and let me back up with those two products. Those are you can only use um, one of our approved builders. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not a do it yourself. That uh, whereas like see a HELOC potentially you could do it um yeah do, do it yourself. With money right yeah so these uh, are approved builders by by your uh, bank. by my bank okay yeah. now um and we approve them um all the time basically what we're looking for is that they're licensed that they're insured that they've got references that we can check just the basics right yeah. i mean just to make sure they're exactly, exactly. they're not going to screw up the project yep. or... yeah and make sure they're not involved in a lawsuit or they don't have yeah. outstanding judgments against them against them so we would look for that, you know, because we want to, it's a joint investment on our part and our borrower's part. Oh, yeah. So we'll make sure it's a good one for both. Okay. That that makes sense. Yeah. Now, the the downside, and, and like I said, if I was to stack rank them, I, I, HELOC would probably be one of the last ones I use. Um, but like I said, it, it, it could be used. Why? Is that because um, of the variable interest rate? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, for a couple of things. So one, it's going to be, a, um, um, you know, the payment you're going to make is going to be the interest only. Yep. And then you got to go above and beyond to make that payment be very dis. If you're disciplined, it could be a very good product where you're making those extra payments, paying that off, plus the variable rate. It it, it could go up four times in a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of makes it tough. Or, you know, just it, like I said, it, depending on your circumstances, it could work or you might want to look at something else. Okay. So um, get some conventional products. Uh-huh. You got some construction products yep. from your bank. We talked about HELOCs. Uh-huh. Any, what other products are in there? Sure. So um, another one we'd look at is, and, and I also kind of want to um, just reconfirm that the that um, construction and renovation um, is is on a refinance. Could also be on a purchase. We could, we could talk about that a little later mm, okay. on, okay? As well, um, we've got the traditional cash out products, um, both a conventional cash out product, jumbo cash out products. Um, you know, obviously with the jumbo, it's a different type of rate. Um, most cases, they're going to be 30 year fixed. The nice part about that is it's, hey, we just give you a lump sum of cash and then you pick your vendors, you pick, you know, hey, I'm going to do parts of my own. I'm going to use a, a general contract for other parts. Um, so you really have some a little bit more freedom that way. And these are your typical cash out refinances, yes. right? Either yep. a conforming limit or a jumbo. Exactly. Okay. I- exactly. Um, we don't see a ton of those because obviously you have to have the equity in your house yep. because we're still only going to use the equity what it's currently worth. Um, versus what you're trying to take out. But in this Denver market, I'm always surprised how much equity people do have. Uh, when you have 18% appreciation over here, <laughs> yeah, it, it helps. Um, and now on the cash out refi, is that mm-hmm. just kind of similar terms to traditional conventional yep. refis? Okay, so Absolutely. 75% uh, LTV up to 80%? Up to 80% loan okay. value, yep. Okay. Up what's the, what's the What about for jumbos? What's the max LTV oh, on boy. Um, Or does it just depend on what the market's doing that be, week? It, well, and I've got like, Gosh, I have like four different jumbo products. I yeah. can use. Typical one's going to be eighty percent. Oh wow! Uh, okay, is going to be the max. Um, we actually, our bank has one as well that I think is a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but there's pros and cons. You know, it's like yeah. okay, you might be able to go higher loan to value, but you're probably going to take a little hit on the rate. Yeah. Um, another one that we use, um, and I come across this all the time because I, I deal with so many small business owners, um, whose regular income just doesn't work from a, 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 l- a lending perspective. Um, we have to act to have a bank statement program, um, you know, mm. where we could, um, you know, you've been in business more than, um, you know, more than two years. We'll look at your uh, your deposits that you're making, and we're going to give you credit without even looking at your tax returns on that. Now, um, you know, it's not the greatest rate. <laughs> sure. what, what's like the, you know, if, if, uh, 
what's the different common like rate spread between conventional products and that is like a point, two points? Or? Probably two points. Okay. Probably okay. probably two, maybe maybe two and a half. Okay. Um, like I said, it uh, because there's so many people and they get frustrated and I feel bad for them. Hey, I'm a small business owner. I make great money. When I do my taxes, it doesn't look like I make great money because I have so many deductions. Oh, yeah. That's everybody, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I've been self-employed my whole life. And I learned that lesson. Like, oh, I, yeah, I, I make money, but on my tax returns. Oh, we can't lend to you. Oh, uh, tell me about this again. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that awakening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it does take, you know, we're going to want a great credit score. Um, oh, yeah. 700s, we're going to want good uh, debt to income. The nice part about that one is on that particular loan, the limits are a little bit higher because it's not a conforming, it's not going to fall into those conforming loan limits. And I can actually go up to 90% uh, loan to value. Oh, wow. On something like that. And that's for purchase and refi for yep. the bank statement loans? Yep. Okay. I- exactly. So, um, Go ahead. I want to pick your brain because you, you mentioned it, I really wanted to uh, ask you about this. You talked about the construction loan on the purchase. Uh-huh. So we have a lot of clients, you know, who are, who are house hacking. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe two snares. We got clients who are house hacking. A lot of times they're using a 5% down conventional product, mm-hmm. you know, for minimal cash out, 30 year fixed, great rates. They buy a property and want to build an ADU on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then typical stuff, hey, you, get, you have $100,000 sitting around, you get the construction loan on there. So can your conve- can your construction loan work with a 5% conventional on the buy side? Yes, it can. Wow, um, okay. It, it, once again, if it's under, if it's going to be uh, under the conforming loan limit rate, um, it's going to be a little tricky um, because you're going to make sure you got to have everything lined up. You're going to want to know who your builder is because right away, we're going to need budget plans and specs um, during the process. So, like while we're under contract? Uh-huh. Uh, that's okay. where it gets tricky. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. in a market like Denver, okay? Uh-huh. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's where, you know, what I see kind of where the market is going right now, the ADU build is pretty traditional. It's a stick build. It's, hey, I'm going to uh, build it. I'm going to probably scrape a garage. I'm going to build a new garage, bigger garage, and put an apartment on top. Um, but I really see that things are going to go, uh, they're going to have to go um, in a different uh, a different direction as far as, hey, we're always going to stick builds. But, you know, uh, we've got companies that are doing like SIPs panels. You know where they're uh, they're built off site to an extent. They crane them in. Um, I think modular is going to come on. I mean, these modular builds, um, not to be confused, manufactured. Uh, a modular build is like a stick build, um, except for it's built in a factory. It's brought in in one piece, and they drop it in, and uh, it, it's quicker, uh, cheaper, faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's going to be some uh, new steps that people are going to they're going to want to look at. Um, have you done financing any of those, like the, the modulars or the, not an ADU, we do okay. modular builds yeah, all the time. Yeah. Cause I've been hearing about the ADU space, but I've just been hearing about it and haven't yeah. met anyone who's done one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, and, and like I said, I think, uh, um, it's the way to go. I'm personally looking at going with the modular build. Yeah. Um, you know, there's modular builds, there's uh, kit builds mm-hmm. as well. You what know, is that? I well, I mean, for lack of a better term, if you go like an IKEA thing, where you know they uh, they pre-cut everything up in Canada, let's say, um, and it's a steel frame. Oh, and that one in IKEA, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, should, um, I wouldn't want to put I, it together. I know how I put together their dressers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, it's this is actually kind of it's not a new concept. Sears used to do it all the time. Really, uh, way right. back in the '40s and '50s, where you'd you'd order a house from Sears from a catalog, and they ship all the pieces to you, and you get a general contractor to put together for you. Hmm. Okay. Um, you know, there's no on-site cutting. I mean, everything's done. So um, that is yet another way to, um, you know, because not only is this a crazy housing market, it's a crazy construction market. You know, oh, yeah. um, a lot of the um, construction companies, um, they want to build million, $2 million houses. 
So that's one why I want to identify the builders that I can work with, that we can work with, that are willing to uh, specialize in ADUs, that enjoy doing it and and get all the zoning variations and, and all the nuances that they're going to need to expect with an ADU build. So what's the typical like price range of ADUs? Um, Cause I mean, you, you know, you, you see a lot of transactions and you're, yep. you know, you're in a different seat than we are mm-hmm. in the team as deals get done. Like as clients come through, mm-hmm. you know, building investment ones, building ones in their backyard to, for mom and dad or Airbnb, whatever it is, what's the typical price range or, you know, prototypes you yeah. see your avatars? Yeah, that's, um, that is, uh, that's a tough question, but I can tell you what I've seen. So I've seen some very, very high-end ADUs. I mean, like you wouldn't believe they are like uh, themed, you know, like it's a movie theater themed where it looks like you're walking into a movie theater with the, uh, um, I mean, the top dollar, but I tell you that that sells well on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a, a unique experience and people are willing to pay for that. Um, I've also seen bare bones um, yeah, yeah, well, I know Airbnb. What's what's the? I mean, that's gonna be three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, oh yeah, say. yeah. Th- those are probably between three fifty and four fifty. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But if the house that you're starting with is already a million dollar property, yeah, um, it, it makes sense, right? It, it, it makes sense. The the other thing I would think about that as well from an investment perspective, you you talked about eighteen percent return. Well, if your house is already million dollars, you bolt on uh, another four hundred thousand. So now now you're getting eighteen percent on one point four million dollars. Versus eighteen percent on your original million dollars. Yeah. So over time, apps, you know, you'd, you'd want to do that route um, if we're going to continue to grow. And I, I don't see any signs of this letting down. Mm. Um, so what's the lower end? Yeah. So the lower here? end in the um, the the I would distinguish it between um, what they would call a cottage house. So um, the tip, typical ADU is what they call a carriage house. So that's a garage underneath. Um, two, three car garage with an apartment on top. Mm-hmm. You can go probably the least expensive is what they call a cottage home. And that's just a, that's just a, they drop the house right in the backyard, nothing underneath it. Um, I've seen them for as low as two, 220. So um, those are good for, um, you know, once again, it gets back to if you got an elderly, um, you know, family members can live there. Or I've got another one. Um, she is uh, actually going to be a caretaker for a friend where her friend is uh, needs handicap accessibility. Okay. And she can't have stairs. So it's just a flat, uh, you know, cottage house in her backyard. So about $200,000 is the lowest mm-hmm. ADU you've seen. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so with all the ones you've done, you know, with the, you know, these different con- uh, loan procs you talked about, you know, construction loans, all that, mm-hmm. um, you've never had issues with hitting the estimated value on the takeout finance side on the appraisal? So, well, we wouldn't be able to do the loan, you know, if they come back. So a couple of things would happen. Let's say if the, um, let's say the, uh, and this happens frequently, um, the appraisal comes back and it's too low. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things has to happen. One, we, you know, we, we kind of review the plans with uh, the appraiser saying, oh, hey, did you know that this, what this is? Uh, or maybe they didn't find a, a good comparable um, to what we were looking for. And so this is before we actually issue the construction. You're talking about even before this they... is just when I'm getting your pre-qualified. Okay, we're trying to get this loan approved. So how's it work? So let's say I get approved through there. Then two years later, I get through all the zoning and everything. It's built. I get my CO two years later. Mm-hmm. Does it get reappraised again, or is it still off that initial appraisal? So um, I, um, let me back up a little bit on, okay. on what you just did. So generally, um, here's the typical life of our loan. So you would come to me. Um, I would get you pre uh, pre-qualified. Right, I'd say based on your income, based on your debt to income, based on your uh, what we can anticipate the value of your house plus the ADU would be. 
here's what you can afford. All right. Then we start just like a regular loan. We start working documents. I need tax returns. I need check stubs. I need bank statements and all that. During this time, you're identifying your builder. All right. Um, You and you find the right builder. You get the right plans. You get the budget. You get the specs. Then we start working. Um, We would now at that point, you could choose. I mean, and and everyone's just a little bit different because you could uh, apply for the permit right then and there. It just depends on. you know, do you, do you have extra cash to pay for the, the permit or do you need it to roll into the loan? Mm-hmm. Oh, or uh, some builders, and it just depends on the builders. Sometimes you got to pay your architect fees right up front before they can get you any type of drawing to get you the permit. So um, without, I mean, let's just take the permit off the table. We start the loan um, and it generally takes about 45 days for us to close the loan. Okay. Um, our clock starts ticking then. So that's 12 months. So that's why I kind of want to make sure you didn't think it's, it, it would be two years from there. Yep. So generally speaking, at that point, by the time we close, they probably, they've already uh, applied for the permit. Okay. Um, and they certainly probably already have all their uh, they, their design in there uh, from the architect and whatnot. And then that's when it would, it would click. Now, um, we will do a closeout um, appraisal when, when you get the CO, but that's really to kind of check boxes just to make sure, hey, they said it was going to be this. Is this where it turned out to be? Um. Never, ever, ever have we had an issue. Now, I have other customers that will choose to do, um, as a matter of fact, I'll show you a great story, probably one of my favorite stories, um, where they did a, a separate appraisal after we were all said and done. And it was just amazing what, what happened. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to go through this real quick. So it started out, the guy bought his house um, 2019 and he paid uh, $580,000. I think he put um, uh, 20% down, 20% okay. down, right? Came to me, said, I so want to build primary a primary residence, primary residence okay. in Denver. Um, and uh, from there, he said, OK, now we want to build an ADU. Now, um, really good situation because he was um, he knew the builder. The builder had already built an ADU, this exact same model, the exact same plans and specs, um, built it like four blocks over. So there wasn't a big cost in, involved in as far as, OK, now we're going to take that same model and put it in this backyard. When we did the appraisal, the uh, we the appraisal came out for us for about eight hundred sixty thousand. So we we did the loan on that, right? Now this loan, I actually just closed this loan January sixth of this year. Okay, all right. So we closed it. They were in the permit process. Bottom line, they're done. They got their CO, their certificate of occupancy, June first, right? Wow. Um, June first. Now uh, on a, a totally separate note, uh, and I've talked to the owner of this. That went on Airbnb on June 1st. And he has told me, he says, there's not been a single day where it has not been rented on Airbnb. Wow. Since June 1st. So all July, August, um, June, July, August. We know what that means though, right? He's not charged enough rent. <laughs> well, well, but, but from there, he um, he said he grossed about $23,000. Over three months? Over the three month period. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then, then to boot, um, he... Um, uh, got another appraisal done on it. And, Why? Well, because <laughs> friend of the family wanted to refinance some out of our construction loan into a, a jumbo product. Okay. All right. So we refinanced them that appraisal, um, which just happened in September. We got back in September one million seventy dollars. Wow. And so you bought for five eighty five. Uh huh. Wow. We twenty nineteen. What was the can you share what was like the approximate bill cost of the ADU? Um, it was under three hundred. 
Okay. And I know that I think that they were $27,000 under budget. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've never seen that before. That yeah. this is like the, talk about the unicorn, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's rare, but I mean, just that that number just uh, just knocks knocks me down every time. Like, I can't believe that. Yeah. So, yeah. Stacy, I mean, you do a lot of stuff. I want to. I want to. I'm, I'm so curious about you know appraisals and how much ADUs add value to homes. Like, I mean, you lost something ADU space. Like, when you hear this, like, I don't. It's like changing my thinking on some things, but like, I'd still be nervous to like go out there put a quarter million dollar house on there and and I guess hope the future value goes up so much, but maybe that's just my yeah. thinking. Like, Well, I'd be curious of like, maybe not a unicorn story, but mm-hmm. just like a regular run of the mill um, ADU, you know, example. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, that, and that's a high end one. You know, yeah. um, one of my uh, personal uh, favorite story that I have, uh, I was working with a gentleman and uh, he bought his house in Inglewood in like 2006. Okay. So didn't pay <laughs> yeah, I, I, in fact, I didn't, I, it had to be less than 200,000, had to be less than, um, so he's been paying all along and now he's, um, starting to get in that retire, retirement age. And so he's looking for, Hey, what can I do? And he had actually worked for a very big, uh, uh, computer corporation, uh, HP and, um, laid him off. And so now he's just trying to, he's doing a job that, you know, he's, he doesn't have the earning potential that he once had. So he's concerned, Hey, what am I doing for retirement? Yeah. So a ton of equity because just without even, um, you know, looking at, he owed like $120,000 on his house, but the appraisal, um, was about three thirty, is what our estimate was mm-hmm. without anything. All right. So, and his payment roughly was, um, uh, well, his, his payment was about, um, uh, and he had a heat, he had a HELOC on, on that as well. We ended up paying that off, being able to pay that off. Um, his payment was right around between his house payment and his HELOC was about a thousand bucks. And then he had some other credit card debt, uh, which would, took him, his total bill was like 1700 a month. Okay. Right. So we were able to do the loan. This was one, this is, and, uh, and we're going to get the CEO on it. Um, real, real, real soon. I'd say probably within two months. Um, we did the appraisal with the finished product. It came up to like 516,000. Mm. So that bumped the house from that, that three thirty up to, um, I actually, no, I take it back. It was like 538 was, was the number. And um, with that, we were able to, so his payment um, now with, uh, we refinanced what he had in, um, you know, 120000 he owed plus the cost of the construction. So his new payment is just right around $1,300. But I eliminated uh, a HELOC payment for him and I eliminated three credit cards for him. Mm-hmm. Now wow. that's not typical because I, I had to get special approval to do that. I had to really kind of get creative in, um, in the structure. But what's beautiful about this is so his new payment's $1,300 a month. Before, like I said, about 1000 plus he was paying total about 1700 a month. He is going to rent out and he already has a lease in place for his primary, for the main house, renting that for $2,000 a month. He's going to live in the brand new ADU. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that two thousand a month is going to more than cover his thirteen hundred dollar mortgage payment. Yeah. Plus seven hundred. Plus he's got a brand new house. So he'll get to live for free. Uh huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Which yeah. is probably aligns with his retirement goals, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. really cool. Yeah. I yeah. When when you hear about stories like that, like because I you know I get concerned about that. I mean I think we all do. You know, start thinking about what are people going to do. You know, whether they lose their their retirement plan, they didn't oh, yeah. have a retirement plan. A lot of times they have a house. Okay, well, what do you do with that? And because that's one thing to say, hey, I've got a ton of equity, but how do you get to that? 
you know, you could look at, you know, because he could have looked at a reverse mortgage. He's not quite up that age, but he could have, you know, or at some point you could look at a reverse mortgage. You can look at a cash out. You could look, hey, you could try to sell it and downsize significantly to, let's say, a condo. Um, but that's not appealing. It's not appealing to me. And it wasn't to him. So is he able to, I mean, this is a great story. So heavy equity, heavy, heavy equity homeowner adds the ID for retirement purposes, uh, went through one of your products, a uh, construction product. Was he able to do all this with out of pocket or was it fully collateralized against the equity in his home? Yep. So he's able to build this with So there with was minimal... for his and, and the builder that he was working with did not require like upfront architect fees. Okay. Everything got rolled into the loan. So his cash um, out of pocket was zero. Wow. Whoa. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. And and generally that's my goal. I If possible, and I, I we've got a pretty good track record of that, um, that we're able to... Um, if the equity's there, we're able to roll everything up into the yeah. loan. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, I mean, it's a minor thing, but plus you get to skip a month of payment. Yep. Plus you get your escrow um, refunded. So you get a little cash back as well if needed. Um, but like I said, that that one, I had to get uh, some uh, special approval to get the, to, because like I said, what really worked was paying off that debt form as well. Oh yeah. And building um, the ADU. And that's something just, you know, Great job, and you just looking at the global, you know, debt picture, and mm-hmm. you you look at all the levers, and you you know put the best product together. Yeah. So um, as we start wrapping up here, we're getting up against the hour. I want to ask you a question just outside of financing because we could talk about that for days. And I mean, it's so nuanced that if people want to do it, they also just need to have mm-hmm. a conversation with you. Yep. And we'll give you all the we'll give all the contact details in a minute. But where do you see the ADU market going in the next couple of years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, just imagine three years doing another podcast, you're going to come back and say, hey, here, here was my crystal ball three years ago, then we'll, we'll play this section back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think that the, um, the ADU market here in Denver specifically, I think it's going to blow up. I mean, it's it's been growing. I mean, I get calls all the time. Um, the example I would use of potential growth would be California. So California made a statewide um, law that says, hey, you can build ADUs. Um, so in Colorado, it goes city by city, county by county, whether you can yep. build an ADU, what the, um, but they build them everywhere. And you know the market out there, it's even uh, crazier than ours. Um, last year alone, um, they in Los Angeles County, they pulled 4,900 permits for ADUs. Wow. Yeah. Now, the caveat with that is their ADUs are a little bit different than ours because a, a typical... They can convert just a garage, the bottom half of it, and say, "Hey, I don't want to park my car there anymore." They just put, uh, you know, a, a three hundred square foot ADU right there. We can't do that because of frost and and, and whatnot. But mm. so they can. So that's attached ADUs and detached ADUs. But uh, you know, over four thousand in Denver last year, we pulled thirty nine. And that's not 3,900, That's thirty nine. <laughs> yeah, thirty nine uh, per- permits. Permits. So yeah. all for Denver County in twenty twenty. With 39 per. Yep. Yep. So now is that, I mean, now is that because of the pandemic or was 2019 a similar number? Do you know? Um, no, I think 2019 was, uh, uh, I, I, I knew the number at one point, but I think it was probably less than half than that. Okay. Now that's Denver. Um, yeah, yeah. so the that's other Denver pe- County, yeah, that's Denver County. So, you know, every city is a little bit different and more and more cities are, are, um, um, are allowing ADUs. You know, uh, two years ago, Inglewood did. Um, I actually, I forgot to check this morning, but my understanding is it did Littleton. They voted on the AD mm-hmm. ordinance last night. And the rumor has that they were going to pass. Yeah. So um, I need to go see if that passed or not. So, you, did you follow that? Or? I didn't check either. But yeah, I was watched, <laughs> okay. I was following that. Yep. 
Yep, Castle Rock just introduced it. Um, Do you have any idea, like, just for, I mean, a sense for, like, how many permits were pulled total, like, Denver Metro? Oh, boy, that... Uh, that would be a tough one. Okay. That, that yeah, that one did, uh, it would take a lot of work to get that. Oh yeah. <laughs> because well, this, the, the that's system... why I'm asking you to see if you did the work. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the systems just don't talk um, like that. But it, it's amazing. Like when I first started doing, I think I had like 11 cities um, uh, listed on my website where you can go and check your zoning code. I think it's up to like 17. That doesn't even include like one of the bigger ones would be unincorporated Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. Um, they allow them. Um, you just have to probably the biggest rule of thumb though is that if you have an HOA, um, they're not gonna let you do it. Yeah. Yeah. HOAs never never allow these. But all right. So as we wrap this up, like we went at a lot of details with people here just on financing. And I mean, very, you know, unless someone knows financing, they did not follow the details. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I wanna wanna recognize that and not have people get worried about that. But like, what's the biggest takeaway? for investors and homeowners that you would say, hey, I've been in ADUs for years. Mm-hmm. This space is going going on. You're interested in it. Like, What would be a big piece of advice you give those people wanting to get an ADU space? Okay. Yeah, I think that, um, and <laughs> I don't want to sound like, uh, hey, it's all about me, but um, I always tell people, hey, start with your financing side. We tell them that too. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. it has to make sense because every single person, very first thing I do is I sit down and we put some numbers together. Yeah. And it has to make sense because why would you? Well, you know, unless you you absolutely need to have it. But um, but I would say 95 to 99% of the time, it makes sense. The times where it doesn't is like a lot of cases, like if they just bought the house with no money down and um, they just don't have the equity and yeah. we don't think we can find a comparable. Um, it doesn't make sense. And at that point, it's not, no, it's just, hey, not right now. You know, you know, keep it in the back of your mind um, and, um, you know, and then come back to me in a little bit. But let's, it's got to make sense. Um, I certainly wouldn't put someone in it. Um, and I don't think, um, and they wouldn't want to be in it unless it financially it makes sense where, hey, it's going to make, uh, it's going to significantly reduce my impact mm-hmm. on my my monthly payment or significantly make a, a difference in, you know, Airbnb rental money. All but, right. Um, so lending first, lending first, and, deal second. Yep. And then the other thing too, I would say is, um, don't be afraid to pull the trigger because the one thing I would tell you, and this is from a builder perspective, is that the cheapest, and I hate using that word, but the cheapest price you will find on your ADU is today. Sure. Right. If you wait six months, if you wait a year, if you wait two years, three years, four years, it will be more expensive. I guarantee it. Price of lumber goes up. Price of steel goes up. Mm-hmm. The other thing I see as they start building more, it's going to be harder and harder to find a builder That um, because there's going to be a list. I mean, one of the more popular builders right now who, who pull more uh, ADU permits than anyone else can be a year out you know, to get going on a project like that. And you, know, you just don't want to get um, held up by that because you, you waited and you wanted to kind of kick around because um, you can always start the process and you can always... Um, work it and we can say, hey, let's let's put a pin in it for a little bit. I'm okay with that because, uh, you know, I talked to, I talked to a lot of people and no one ever truly backs out, but they say, hey, I need three months. Um, something's coming up or I, I'm going to wait for uh, rezoning or, or whatever, whatever the case is. But we can start the process. We can put a pin in it. We can come back to it. But um, the sooner, I think the, the sooner you do it, that's the least expensive you'll find. All right. I like it. Awesome. All right. So as we wrap up, wrap up here, Troy, I mean, people know you're, you're a lender. Mm-hmm. You work with North Point Bank. Yep. You specialize in the ADU financing space, you know, as a niche you focus on. 
What is your website again? Because I've been there before. Yep. It's a great resource and people can contact you. Mm-hmm. What's the domain? Yeah. So it's finance my ADU. Yep. So finance my ADU.com, right? Dot com. Yep. So great domain. And we'll put in the show notes. Uh, but Troy, thank you so much, man. This has been a pleasure. Love doing a deep dive numbers with you. So thank you. We appreciate it. Yes, well, thank, thank you. It's my pleasure. Anytime you want me back, just let me know. Uh, we'll have you back for sure. Definitely. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.